Well, I have a special guest on this morning on the Healing Begins program. I got Michelle Hutchinson. Say hi, Michelle. Hi, Gail. It's so nice to be a guest here today. I'm excited. Well, I'm excited to have you on. Uh, she recently, I was introduced to her by uh, Julie Navosky, my publicist, because I put out the book God Moments, and uh, I thought you'd like to hear from Michelle and hear a little bit about what she does. Michelle, why don't you tell us what you do at Resilient Minds? Oh, thanks, Gail. I am a therapist by trade, so I've been working as a clinical therapist for the last 25 years, and I'm passionate about my faith in God and seeing healing, body, soul, and spirit, about consulting, especially when we bring the wisdom of the Lord in to systems, individuals' lives, businesses and institutions, and also into the education sector. And on top of all of that, I love to come at it from the angle of neuropsychology and understanding our brains. Well, that's a big thing, understanding our brains. That's a lot. So at Spiritual Care, we talk about rewiring your neuroplasticity. So we talk about renewal of the mind, how that you can actually uh, change the way you think. And by changing the way you think through the power of the name of Jesus, you can actually change your life. And so don't you do a lot of uh, work with trauma? I do, Gail. I um I work with a lot of patients that have trauma. I like to do a lot of um, public speaking and professional development on understanding trauma, how it impacts individuals and systems, how it impacts us generationally, and then, of course, how do we begin to heal that up so that we don't stay stuck in the identity of trauma? And that's where the neuroscience comes in. How do we rebuild our brain structure in tangible ways? Mm-hmm to change our behavior, and and this is the exciting news, to change the generations because we carry our DNA in our brains. So it's not just if you have blonde hair or blue eyes, but it can also be in your thinking patterns. So when we change our thinking patterns, we change the generations. So how in the world did you get involved with all that? I mean, what is your education and where did, what kind of a degree do you hold? Hmm. So I have a master's in social work, and, you know, um, my experience started in working with children who were struggling. Often the state of Michigan uses a label called severely emotionally disturbed. And from there, I began to dig in with the Lord. What's the solution to help children and families who are struggling, struggling with generational patterns of behavior, struggling with the impact of trauma? How do we look at our school systems and our children who are there, who are struggling to learn, and our staff who are feeling overwhelmed. And so using that Master of Social Work to provide clinical treatment led me on this journey of understanding trauma. And then I just couldn't settle with we're traumatized people. I had to really dig into what does the science of resilience say and how do we understand how to rebuild our brain. And overarching all of that is my love for the Lord and my faith which helps me to believe in neuroplasticity. Yeah, that's uh, that's really good because I think if you combine the two, if you combine uh, what you learn in psychology with faith, uh, you can actually come up with a real solution for healing. Would you agree on that? I would agree. And sometimes those solutions are generalized and can be generalized. And sometimes they're individual, right, to the person mm-hmm. that's sitting in front of you and the healing that they need specific to who they are. 
Would you say too that uh, everybody's healing process is different where some might take one or two months, some might take uh, half a year or whatever? Absolutely. I, I, I love that, Gail, because we leave opportunity for individualism. And sometimes that looks like God healing someone immediately right mm-hmm. there in the office. Sometimes it looks like walking out the healing through the process of reflection and um, layer after layer. And none of it is, there's not one that's better than the other. It's mm-hmm. all about the journey that the Lord is taking you on really, truly to reconnect you to his heart. More times than not, I have found, and I think that you would agree, that God takes people in layers. Like the children of Israel going into the promised land, God said to them, I'm not going to give you the land all at once, but I will give it to you little by little so you can maintain it, keep it, establish it. And I'm glad that God didn't peel my onion all at once. So um, I think God takes us layer by layer. So if it's taking you, if you're listening to this, I don't know if you're in your car or in your house, wherever you're at, But if it's taking you longer to find healing, don't worry about that. Just stay in the process. Yes, because it's the process that knits our heart together with his. It's the process that leads us to ask questions. Mm -hmm. Lord, what are you doing? How do I achieve this next step? And all of a sudden, six months down the road, you realize my relationship with the Lord has changed. My understanding of God has changed. My relationships with the people around me are deeper right? So you see this evolution of who you are. And one of my favorite scriptures is that he takes us from glory to glory. Mm -hmm. And when we understand what that truly means, it comes in the process of the journey, walking out one level of healing, unpeeling one layer after the other Mm -hmm. until you have deeper knowledge of him and intimacy with him. And what I think that what we're really talking about is transformation, spiritual transformation that comes from the inside out, spiritual transformation that isn't temporary but is lasting as we learn to not only go through a process but walk that process out throughout our life. Yeah, Gail, there it is, the fruit of what we're really looking at, which is, Lord, how how do we learn to rest in you? And rest Mm -hmm. really looks like knowing that no matter what's in front of me Mm -hmm. and what I've experienced, as I walk journey after journey, Mm -hmm. even in the hard, um, that I see your goodness over Mm -hmm. and over through every step of the journey. And pretty soon you begin to not get as worked up or Mm -hmm. not as emotional or not as overwhelmed in every step of the process because your understanding of God's goodness and his nature and his consistency is more and more concrete. And then you know, okay, whatever comes before me, I can rest because I know God's going to take care of it. And so that is a part of what we go through strengthens us and Mm -hmm. helps us to understand him more and more. But I, I also thought about something a moment ago. You know, understanding the journey, both in the spiritual, knowing what God is trying to do and and heal up in us and purify in us, but also as a human being, like in our nature, our natural man. It doesn't mean it's easy, Mm -hmm. right? Sometimes we don't talk about that. It doesn't mean the journey's easy, but it gets easier the more that you rest. Many times the journey, I would say, is a fight. And the key, I think, 
I just want to say that out there. If you're in a healing journey, Satan doesn't want you to follow through. He wants you to quit. So the key in the healing journey is actually staying in the fight, not giving up, following through with the process you're in so you can get the most out of what you're going through. I'm thinking of the parable in the Bible. The sower went out to sow the seed, and the seed fell on different soil. Some yielded 30%, some 60 and some 100 Well, I want to yield that 100%. If, if something good, if I'm going through something good and I'm going through a process, uh, I want to get. I want to yield 100% fruit out of that. Now, going through something good doesn't mean it won't be painful. And that's the other thing you got to understand. Sometimes to get to the other side of healing, you got to go through a process that can be a little bit painful. But you're not alone. You know, Isaiah 41, verse 13, the Lord says, I, the Lord, will take you by the right hand and will walk with you. And that's the beauty of our Lord. And he said in Isaiah when you walk through the water, I'll be with you. When you walk through the fire, it will not set you ablaze. He said, I'm with you. I'm not going to forsake you. So uh, really, it's important to talk about the battle because you're going to feel like giving up. You're gonna, And also the fear. The fear, I don't know if I want to talk about my trauma. Mm-hmm. What what might they think? And, and fear is false evidence appearing real. And you can allow fear and being overwhelmed to stop you from following through. That's so good, Gail. And I love the scripture references that you brought before us. I always think about how do we take these concepts, you know, something like what you just referenced, and understand it in tangibility. So when I rest and I understand that although I'm walking through the fire, here's the nature of God. He's Mm -hmm. always good. He's always there. He's always going to take care of me. But what does that look like? When I'm struggling and I feel all alone, right? Mm -hmm. It looks like resting or trusting that God, if I don't go out and make things happen out of my own anxiety or worry, that God will bring beautiful alignments and Mm -hmm. he'll bring the provision. So, for example, if I'm needing a word of encouragement or I'm needing help as I'm feeling stuck in my journey or I'm questioning something, I ask the Lord for the provision of someone to speak into my life or to bring me wisdom. And lo and behold, he'll bring someone out of nowhere Mm -hmm. that can speak into your life and give that provision. Or he may speak through your child Mm -hmm. or he may speak through your neighbor, someone that you know. But trusting him looks like waiting it out, asking him for maybe sometimes what you don't even know you need, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but for the answer and then watching him bring that provision time and time again. You know, it's really great. What does it look like to go through the healing process? It's important because it gives you an idea. And what, and I think uh, what you can be prepared for, because if you know that in the middle of a process, you're going to hear the enemy say, give up. That ain't, you're not doing no good there. That's not going to do you no good. You know, you know you're in the right place. And so you know feeling overwhelmed, wanting to give up are normal emotions as you go through a healing event dealing with trauma from your past. The good news is you can be healed of the trauma. Mm-hmm. And the good news, a lot of people don't believe this either. I, we had a military veteran. Uh, he was the VA, one of the VA's case, the worst cases of PTSD. He was on 15 psychotropics 
I mean, the guy who sat in my office drinking a two liter of Sprite, and by the way, he lets me tell a story, and he put down all the psychotropics and drank the Sprite, and I went, oh my goodness. And he had his long black hair with dog tags, and he's looking at me, and I'm like, dear Jesus, we're going to need some help. But a year and a half later, he got completely healed of all his trauma, and working with his psychiatrist, then I, did you notice I said, working with his psychiatrist, mm -hmm. he managed to get off every psychotropic he'd been put on. And today he's not on any medication at all, except for maybe he has some back issues. So he has some pain medication for the back. But all the psychiatric medications he was on, he got off once he got healed of the trauma. And he had like scores of trauma. I mean, stuff that he had stored up in his soul. And it was like pus in a wound that needed to be lanced and taken out before he could get better. And that's what we did one snowy day in the middle of a field. You say, what are you doing in the middle of a field on a snowy day? Well, he was afraid to tell his story. In the, he didn't want any ears to be around because he had done government work. And we were out in the middle of nowhere when he knelt in the snow and he laid all those burdens down at the cross and he felt that weight just lift off him. And I began... So he was so bad, his wife said, I'll never live with him again. His son said, I'll never want anything to do with him. But when he got done with this healing process, he got his wife back, he got his son back, he got his mental health back. Sounds like a country song. Maybe I ought to write a country song about this. But he recovered from that trauma. You know what he does now? In the city he lives in, he walks downtown and he ministers to the homeless in the city. I'm not going to say what city he's in, but he, he ministers out of the homeless. His misery has become his ministry and he helps other vets because who better to speak about the trauma than a vet, right? Mm -hmm. So we're talking about trauma. We're talking about the process. Was his process easy? No. no. Did he want to give up? Yes. Did he have a couple of PTSD triggers that happened during his process? Yep. And when he triggered, he grabbed guns. And that's why it was so dangerous. But I'm tempted to tell a story that was really funny. Now, for the Christian world, this might not always be funny. But when he threw, went through inner healing and he had a vision of Jesus. Now, I'm not going to say on the air what he said because they'd have to bleep me out. I said, what do you mean? He said, wow, Jesus is dressed in armor and he's on a chariot. And I said to them, why do you need guns then? And he was able to put his guns in a safe and lock them up. And he doesn't get tempted to go to his guns anymore. He doesn't get PTSD triggered no more. But he got a picture of Jesus in his trauma. And for him, it was very transforming. Wow, Gil, that's an incredible story. It makes me think about a couple concepts. So really what you're referencing is in the medical world, we talk about co-occurring disorders, right? Maybe we struggle with a mental health issue or a physical health issue, but often those are tied and connected to our emotional experiences that we're holding onto that require healing. And then the beauty of when we understand and learn about the nature of God as we walk through true inner healing, then we see in the spirit realm freely. And once we have a true picture of God, then we can lay down our defenses and trust him and walk completely with him. And it requires vulnerability and it requires walking out the process. 
But this is a picture, Mm -hmm. one facet of the picture of healing, body, soul, and spirit. And it's beautiful. And the Lord has equipped us with the tools Mm -hmm. to truly help people get freedom. It reminds me of another funny story. He said, you triggered me once, Pastor Gail. I said, well, what did I do? He said, you got that new pathway CD. And he said, there was a part in there. You talked about Paul being beheaded. And he said, I flew right off my bed. And he started laughing. He doesn't get triggered no more or anything like that. But we laughed about it. And then one day, he had went out and he came back with a notebook. He took my 80-minute CD and he wrote it out word for word. And I had never, ever had anyone do that. I said, why did you do that? He said, well, in the military, they said, you read this manual. It might be your life. He said, we read it. Mm-hmm. We took it serious. He said, I'm taking the same approach to the healing of my own pain, the healing of my own trauma. And so, yeah, he said he got triggered. He flew right out of his bed. Oh, he owned his own healing process. He right? totally did. He owned that mm-hmm. and walked through the difficulty of it. It's not always difficult. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just easy and you move through it but there will be those times when our human nature says this feels too hard Mm. or when the enemy wants to whisper lies and the key is to keep persevering Mm. yeah so good you know and then the thing he does now i got podcast channel cards and he will go out and he will get all the homeless people listening to the podcast channel because about everybody has a cell phone nowadays he gets them all on spotify Wherever they get their podcasts, he gets them all listening. So I know that we have a lot of people that are listening today because of him. Because now his misery, then after he got better, his wife got sick, then he took care of her for quite a while. And so it's a good thing he got better because he had been this way for years. I mean, for years, for a long time. He had screamed for 20 years in the basement of the VA. They did not know what to do with this guy. And so when they asked, if I, if I was asked by his mother if I would help him, I went, oh boy, Lord, with your help, only your help, because I know that I'm not powerful enough to heal PTSD. Only God is powerful enough to heal that, because that, to me, uh, I'll give you my expl- explanation. By the way, Michelle and I just met, so I'll give, I'll give you my explanation of PTSD. It's like when they see something, it's like taking a, a negative of a film. It's like taking a picture. Mm-hmm. And, it, and the soul is like the negative of a film, and there's an imprint on the mind. That's how I see it. Mm-hmm. So when we go through the inner healing process, we ask the Lord to wash and cleanse that imprint, that part of the soul, that part of the mind. We also ask the Lord to take care of sights, smells, of vibrations. I've had a guy who was in war, and the bomb exploded, and he had... He felt the vibration all the way through his body. He had things flying at him that were in of human nature. And when he went through the healing process, God miraculously mm-hmm. took it all away from him. Now, it took him a while to work through all that. But, man, he made some headway. Yeah, yeah. So you're talking about healing in the five senses because what we know is when we experience trauma or PTSD, we experience it through our five senses. Gail, as you were speaking, I was thinking about, you know, how the Lord always brings justice on our behalf, but often that looks different than what we expect, right? Mm -hmm. So thinking forward into hope, 
understanding a testimony of trauma that you could bring deep healing to, and then understanding the justice of the Lord. Sometimes that looks like the beauty of, Lord, here are my ashes. Mm -hmm. This is my misery. Now he takes that misery and he brings you into ministry Mm -hmm. so that you can see healing occur in the lives of many others. And you know the pain and you understand it and you have a passion and a desire to see the goodness of God come about in the lives of others. And that's the full story, that God never just heals you and leaves you, but then he, he sets you free and then he sends you out mm-hmm. to set the captives free. And what I like as a result, as we wind down this program of the full story, is that there isn't anything the Lord can heal. Even the vibrations coming into that man's body, mm-hmm. the smell of war, or, or um, working with ladies that have been raped, sometimes there's smells that go with that. And I've met people, I've watched the Lord heal them in session. And so all the Lord needs is someone who is willing to say, Lord, I'll trust you to go through a healing process. And so as we wind up here, I think I want to pray. Uh, Michelle, why don't you uh, pray for the healing of those going through trauma? Can you do that right now? Yes, Father, we thank you so much for what you have taught us and shown us in the evolution of who we are, body, soul, and spirit. And so in this very moment, I pray a healing over every listener that you would take those senses in every area that they've experienced trauma, Father, and that you would bring deep healing and understanding to experiences And Father, I ask for a reworking of the neural system in the brain, that you would begin to develop new neural pathways, Father, and restructure the brain and grow in areas that have been damaged by trauma, Father, and that you would rebuild that brain bigger and better, and that we would see the goodness of God in every life of these listeners, and Father, that their eyes would be open to your goodness. Amen. That's a great prayer. Well, as we wind up, I just want to say this. I want you to know, and we want you to know there's hope. You've got to know there's hope. Jeremiah 29, 11, Know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. And there's one scripture, I can't remember where it's at. It says, with man, this is not possible. But with God, all things are possible. So there's hope for you if you're out there and you have just been through a boatload of trauma, I wanted to tell you something. Jesus is in your boat. And he's the one that can calm the winds. He can calm the waves of what's going on. So in closing, I just want to say this. I want to leave you with an Aaronic blessing. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you turn his face towards you, and give you peace. May you be blessed in the city, blessed in the country, blessed when you come in, blessed when you go out, and I pray that God would even bless the very works of your hands in Jesus' name. So, from Pastor Gail and Michelle, Yes. you guys have a great morning. Thank you. Bye. Bye.